Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Well, you know, I I heard that the ladies got together yesterday. Ladies of Legacy. And that was the the very first women's breakfast that we had here at the church, and I'm sure there will be more. And I know that it was maxed out. We can only sell 100 tickets, and there were a lot more that wanted to go. So I'm believing that God's going to multiply through the women of this house. Let me tell you something. Women are powerful. Women are intercessors. Jesus Christ came and he set the women free. So I set the women of this house free. You are the greatest evangelists. You are moms. You are sisters. You're anointed to pray. You're anointed to evangelize. And uh, it's powerful what God does with women who are on fire for Jesus. And this house has unbelievably powerful women here. And I thank God for the women of this house. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Connect. If you're new here, connect. Stop at the connect corner. Get involved. Because God has something specifically for you to do for his kingdom. That's where you find fulfillment. And uh, talking about women, I heard about a, a guy who was celebrating his birthday, and he was walking the beach. And uh, as he was walking the beach, the Lord comes to him and says, Son, you have been such an amazing man of faith, and I want to grant you a wish. And uh, he says, Really, Lord? Yeah, I want to grant you a wish. He says, Well, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I am scared to death of flying. Lord, do you think you can build me a bridge? And the Lord said, Son, That's kind of an impossible request. Do you imagine the logistics in building a bridge, how it's going to affect everybody? He said, why don't you give us some time to think of something else? So he starts thinking and says, well, Lord, my wife tells me I don't understand women at all. And she tells me I'm completely insensitive. So can you help me, Lord, maybe understand the woman what makes her think the way she does? You know, what makes her feel the way she does? You know, can you help me, Lord? And the Lord paused and said, son, so how many lanes do you want on that bridge? Two or four? <laughs> but women are complicated, but you are powerful. Amen? Powerful. Well, let's pray together a prayer of declaration this morning. I want to put the words of this prayer up. And and as I pray, just repeat after me. Speak it over your life. Let's speak it over our families. Let's speak it over the church. You ready? I thank you, Lord, for your grace and goodness over my life. I thank you for paying the price for my sins. I renounce every lie that limits my understanding of who you are. I thank you, Lord, you have plans to prosper me. You have a hope and future for me, for my family, for my church. So help me, Lord, to live wholeheartedly for you and to share the love of Christ with all those around me. I receive your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen and amen and amen. Why don't you slap high five, say hello to somebody before you're seated this morning. Amen. Well, let's get into the Word today. I want to um, look at Mark chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. This is a story that probably most of us have heard of or, or read, and it's a powerful story, and I'll read it to you. It says, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind them in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him And he turned around in the crowd, and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, Who touched me? These disciples are pretty sarcastic. Let me tell you, I would be afraid to say that to Jesus. Okay? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, anoint this word. Open our hearts to hear what you desire to teach us today. Open our hearts to receive what you desire to set us free from today. And God, anoint my lips, Lord, to speak with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Well, I watched the documentary recently on uh, Quincy Jones. Someone mentioned that I should watch it knowing that I like music. And so Quincy Jones is now 85 years old. If you don't know Quincy Jones, he's probably one of the greatest musicians, composers. Uh, he's, 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 He's an incredible producer. And we might not know his name, Quincy Jones, but you certainly know lots of people that he worked with, including some of us oldies, Frank Sinatra, okay? Um, there's so many names here. Aretha Franklin, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, and, and most contemporary, Whitney, Celine Dion, and we all know the incredible Michael Jackson, right? But if it wasn't for Quincy Jones, it, we wouldn't know Michael Jackson the, the way we know him today because it was Quincy Jones who produced his Thriller album. And it was Quincy Jones who told Michael Jackson, there's greater gifts in you that need to be tapped. And what's interesting about Quincy Jones, I pray to God that he's saved and knows Jesus. But one of the things he says that he talks to these artists, and he says, listen, if you disconnect from your spiritual roots, if you disconnect from knowing that it's God who has gifted you, you better use that gift knowing it's God that gave it to you. Don't take it upon yourself and think that you're great. It was God who's given you that gift, you know. And so, but as I was watching this documentary, what gripped my heart was a point where he started talking about all these great people that he worked with and how the majority of them were dead. And he held his phone and he says, I still have all their numbers in my phone. 
but I can't call them. They're all gone. They're all dead. And looking at the list of people that he worked with, many of them died helpless. Many of them died hopeless. Many of them died not in a happy state. Many of them died young, you know. And I was thinking about it, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying that, it, that they were dying all along. Without Christ, there is no life. Without Christ, you live in a position of death. Matter of fact, the Bible, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.1, we can put that up. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You see, you know, and, and you look at the world today and you see so much anger. You see so much hurt. And everyone's saying the anger and hurt is all about politics. It's not about politics. It's about emptiness. It's about hopelessness. People are so filled with lack of purpose, with lack of life. They stand in this place that the Bible says, transgressions and sins, which brings death. You know? And my heart was broken because when, when you think of so many of these people that kind of are, are part of all of our lives, you know, like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, almost like you, you, you feel for them like they're your family. Isn't that true? I mean, when Anthony Bourdain died, you know, it was like I actually felt like grieving. I could not believe what I felt. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit's heart for, for his people. And uh, even recently, there's a rapper called Mac Miller for you rap guys. You know, he's in his 20s, and he dies of an overdose. How sad. The world in a, is in a state of brokenness. People all around us are broken. You go to work, you are surrounded by broken people. Your family is broken. Friends that you know are broken. Your neighbors are broken. We live in a state of brokenness, of brokenness. You know, my daughter was um, telling me that she's been inviting her boss to go to church. And, uh, and a few weeks ago, her boss took her up on the request, the invite, and she went to church. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to invite, 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 invite. You get what I'm saying? Okay? Let me tell you something. You're here because Jesus has been inviting you for a long time. And you're here. And so finally she took up my daughter's um, invite, and she went to church, and she, she immediately started crying. My daughter looked at her, and she was crying from the first note. The first note, and she's crying and crying. The message comes, the announcements, she's crying. She cried the whole time. The next week, she asked my daughter, could I come again? Can I come again? Sure you can come again. She came, she's crying, she's crying, she's crying, she's crying. And then the altar time comes, and, and there's, a, you know, would you like to receive Jesus? She raised her hand, she received Jesus into her life, you know? She immediately said, how do I get involved? How do I become a member here, you know? And my daughter connected with Cruz, and, and, she, and, and then uh, my daughter comes to me this week and says, hey, there's another person that my boss has been talking to at work, and she comes up to me and says, uh, hey, Carissa, um, you know, I, I think I'd like to come to your church. Really? Yeah, because um, I heard that they clap there. <laughs> I'm telling you, your clapping is powerful. <laughs> Even your clapping is powerful. But how crazy is that? Crazy. 
But, you know, when we look at this story known as the woman with the issue of blood, it's really a story of a crowd and a story of a woman. It's a story of God putting in scriptures for our admonition, for our learning, to speak to us deeply that there's a crowd and then there's you. There's a crowd and then there's this person. The world is a crowd. In the world, you have people who absolutely despise anything to do with God. You mention Jesus and a hatred comes out of them. Christianity, a hatred comes out of them. Then you have people completely indifferent. They care less, you know. But then there are people who are seeking. There are people who are longing. There are people that don't know, but inside of them they're looking for a touch from God. We are called to reach those people. This woman somehow was brought to Jesus. This woman somehow heard that Jesus was going to be in town. And I want to talk about this woman, because I think in all of us we can find this woman. And in all of us we can, we can find that once we were part of the crowd. Amen? So let's look at the backdrop of this story. First of all, Jesus was always mobbed by crowds. He was kind of the, the, the rock star of that day. Okay? You ever see these rock stars? They can't go anywhere you know, without being mobbed. I remember growing up, I was so excited to watch the Beatles. You know, I'm giving away my age. Right? The Beatles were the first one that started attracting crowds and mobs. And they would try to grab them and, and, and they would, their hair would be pulled out of their head you know, because they wanted to just touch them. It was insane. You should watch some film. YouTube videos of how crazy the crowds were, the mobs were. Their lives were in constant danger because of the crowds. Jesus was in this position. Thousands of people started hearing about Jesus. In in the crowd, there were people that despised him. They hated him. The religious hierarchy was threatened by Jesus. The Romans, the governmental systems were threatened by Jesus. And then there were those who just wanted to get something from Jesus. I need healing. I heard he's giving away bread and fish. I'm going to get some bread and fish. You know, they wanted something from Jesus. You know, and I'm reminded of how many people, well, I've known over the ages, ages, I'm not that old, but over my years as a believer, over my years as a church person, over my years as a minister, that come into the house of God because they need something. They're in need. They're desperate. They come to God's house. And in God's goodness, His grace, He touches them. He blesses them. And they get that blessing, and you say, hey, where's Charlie? He feels okay for a week, and he's gone. I don't want to be that part of the crowd. I don't want to be Charlie. You know, I think about it. Jesus had few friends. By the end of his ministry, he had few friends. 
He had few people that loved him for just being Jesus. Just think about it. Now, he was the most awesome person you'd ever want to meet. The most kind, the most loving, the most compassionate, the most giving. But he had few friends at the end of his ministry because crowds come and crowds go. And so Jesus, the Bible says, he gets off his boat because his boat was the only way. I don't know if it was his boat or maybe it was Andrew's boat or Peter's boat, but he was on a boat. And, uh, and usually, probably, most likely, that's the only way he can get away from the crowds. Get on a boat. Get away from the crowds, you know. And so he's on a boat, and he ends up going to the eastern part of the Sea of Galilee, and he lands. And immediate, immediately as he lands, he is approached. He's Jesus. People are waiting for him. But he was approached by a demoniac, a man who was possessed by demons. He had so many demons. When Jesus asked, who are you? They responded, legion. And when Jesus cast the demons out of this man, he cast them into 2,000 pigs. 2,000 pigs. Say, how does a man get possessed by that many demons? It doesn't start all at once. This guy was in a region, and it was a region where the temple of Zeus was in this area. It was called the Gadarenes or the Gesserenes. And it was in the area where people came and they bought pigs. So there were lots of pig farmers in this area. That's why Jesus cast the demons into the pigs. There was lots of pigs there because they would come to this area, they would buy pigs, and they would sacrifice pigs to, to Zeus in the temple of Zeus. You know, the Jews sacrificed lambs. These heathens sacrificed pigs. Now, we all know uh, to the Jews that the pigs are disgusting you know, filthy animals and unclean. They wouldn't even go near them. And it's interesting that Jesus would land in this place because Jesus isn't afraid of your filth. Jesus isn't afraid of false gods. He's not afraid to challenge false idols. Jesus loved this man who was possessed by all these demons. And what's interesting in this passage of Scripture, it says that this man was so violent, he was so possessed, that, that the, the men of that region would chain him up. They would chain him up, and he would break the chains. And I was thinking, man cannot set you free. Man will only enslave you. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm sad. Go to your friends. Let's go to the bar, man. Let's go to the bar, man. Come on. Let's go to the bar. Let me put some chains on you. I'm down. Nothing's going my way. Let's go take some, let's go buy some joints, man. Come on. Let's just smoke some dope, man. That'll make us laugh. That'll make us happy, you know. More chains. You go to work, your suit and tie in work. And say, man, you know, marriage is tough. Marriage is tough. I don't know. I don't know if I ever loved my wife. I don't know. Hey, I get it. I get it. Hey, let's go to such and such a place. You know, maybe you need to check out some other girls. More chains. More chains. More demons. Come on. Right? And they get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. 
And by the grace of God, the Lord will use those demons so you call out to him when you're sick and tired of being in bondage with chains. This man had it. He, was, he had a legion of demons in him, yet he had God's mercy on him where he came and he fell at Jesus' feet. God's not afraid of your demons. But you know what's interesting about this passage of Scripture? It wasn't this guy who kicked Jesus out of town. It was those who were successful. It was those who were raising their pigs. Business people and successful people. And they had money and, and they had business. And they're saying, let me tell you, this Jesus guy's going to put us out of business. He's going to cast, if he's going to cast all these demons around here and the pigs, we're going to lose our li- livelihood. And you see hidden in these passages of Scripture that sometimes it's not brokenness and emptiness that would stop you from Jesus. It's success. Those who are successful are the ones that say, get this guy out of town. So even your success can be even more demonic than actual demons themselves. And so Jesus leaves, because let me tell you, the Lord is a gentleman. If you don't want Jesus, he packs his bags and goes looking for someone else that he can help, you know, because he's a gentleman. So he goes on, and he gets on the boat, and they end up going to this place in the area of Capernaum. And uh, in Capernaum, in the Greek, means city of comfort. And we see in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the Messiah going to Nazareth where Jesus kind of lived. And then he ended up moving to living in Capernaum. And that's where his ministry really started. And what's interesting about this region, there were Romans there. There were Jews there. There was a mix of people. But there had to be faith there because Jesus did many, many miracles in this region. And I was thinking about it. The Bible says there were some areas that Jesus went to that he couldn't do miracles. And I always ask myself the question, how can Jesus not do miracles? He's God. Because Jesus requires faith. And it made me think, Capernaum is kind of like the church. Miracles happen here in the house of God because there's faith here. There's people of faith here. And so here's this place called Capernaum. And we see in this place Capernaum, that's where the paralytic was healed. You know, the man was put through the roof. You know, the Roman centurion who said to Jesus, and his, his servant was sick, and he said to Jesus, Jesus, you know me, I'm a Roman. They tell me to do things, and I have to do them. Basically, he was saying, listen, there's things that I have to do that you would not approve of, but I'm a man under authority. You know, I'm a soldier. They tell me, go here, do this, I have to do it. And Jesus said about this Roman, this Gentile, it's amazing what he says. He says, this man has more faith than anyone I've ever met. Again, Jesus isn't afraid of who we are. 
Sometimes people don't come to the church. They don't come to Jesus because they think Jesus will reject them. They don't fit the mold. Let me tell you, the Bible is filled with people who didn't fit the mold. That is good news for all of us. Amen? And so he was also met by a Jewish man, interesting, a Jew who ran the synagogue in Capernaum and who had come to him and said, Jesus, my 12-year-old daughter is dying. Will you come to my house? And so here's the backdrop of the story. Jesus is trying to get to Jairus. His name is Jairus. To Jairus' house. And he is having a tough time because there's always mobs. He's always has a crowd around him, pulling at him, calling upon him. And out of all this hysteria that's around him, somehow a woman who had been sick for 12 years, bleeding out, whether it's hemorrhaging or whatever disease she had. The Bible says that she had spent everything she had trying to get well. Somehow this woman pressed through the crowd and touched the garment of Jesus. She was a woman because she was bleeding. and She was considered unclean by the religious. She was considered accursed. So she was rejected. She was probably cast out. She had nothing. She was in poverty because she spent all she had. Somehow, this woman gets to Jesus. She presses through the rejection. She presses through the lies. She presses through the demonic voices that would speak to her. You're hopeless. Nothing can change for you. She presses through and she touches the garment of Jesus. There will always be a crowd that you have to overcome. Sometimes it's your own family that will stop you from touching the garment of Jesus. Sometimes it's your workplace, people you work with. Sometimes it's your friends. There will always be a crowd that will oppose you coming to Jesus. And there will always be lies in your head because there is an invisible world of darkness that's always going to try to stop you from being the place where God's called you to be, right at Jesus' feet, with his arms around you, saying, you're my son, you're my daughter. I forgive you. I love you. I have a purpose for you. There will always be a crowd you have to fight. And so what can we learn from this story? I think there's three things that we can learn. Number one, Jesus will always meet you in your helplessness. When you are helpless, Jesus will be there for you. You know, the Bible says that God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. God is always ready to help. He's always ready to help. This poor woman was attacked physically, socially, psychologically, and spiritually, but Jesus met her there. Second thing is Jesus met her in a place of hopelessness. She was in a place of hopelessness. The Bible says that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had 
yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Have you ever been in a place where it seems, and people say this all the time, and say, you know, Pastor Ron, I started coming to church, and it seems like things are getting worse. Huh. Let's look at the book of Mark. Right? Because the enemy wants you to lose faith. The enemy does not want you to understand that Jesus is for you. So he's going to buffet you. He's going to use lies to stop you. But trust me, this lady, she pressed. She spent everything she had. She was in this place for 12 years. Americans, we give up on God after a month, two months, three months. I've been tithing, you know, where's the blessing? How long have you been tithing for? A week? Come on, you know? God is faithful. God is faithful. He'll meet you in your hopelessness. Great scripture, Psalm 34. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. The oppressed look to him and are glad. They will never be disappointed. Come on, let's declare. Thank you, Jesus. We will never be disappointed. The Lord will never disappoint. The world will disappoint. Your friends might disappoint. Your family might disappoint. Your parents might disappoint. Your upbringing might disappoint. Your job might disappoint. But Jesus will never disappoint. Blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial. Number three, Jesus ultimately... And this is the final point, and we've got to get this. Jesus met this woman because she persevered. She persevered. She persevered. She never quit. She never gave up. She pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the rejection. She pressed through the lies. Religion told her, I guarantee you, there were people telling her, You can't touch Jesus. You're cursed. Leviticus says you're cursed. You're unholy. You can't touch a holy man. You're cursed. You're unholy. She pressed. If I could only touch Jesus, just one touch, just one touch, just one touch. If I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him. No, you can't. No, no, no. If I could just touch him. Pressing, 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 pushing her way in. i got to touch the master. I need a touch from Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus. I'm dry. I need a touch from Jesus. I feel hopeless. I'm dry. My faith is waning. I'm struggling. I'm falling back into things that I used to stop doing. Oh, I need a touch from Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus. The Holy Spirit would say, persevere, 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 press, 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 fight, 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 call on God, cry to God, get alone, keep crying to the Lord, keep worshiping in the Lord. I pray that we are a house that presses for a touch of Jesus. I pray that in our worship, in our worship, we're not just singing songs, 
but we're calling out, Lord, I cry to you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I, I sing these, these songs from the depth of my heart. Lord, help me feel what I'm singing. I want to touch from you. I want to touch you, Lord. I want to touch you, Lord. I want to touch you, Lord. You know, in our sermon time, we're saying, Lord, Lord, let the, the, the times where we're, we're teaching the word, God, penetrate us, change us, empower us. We don't want just words. We want to be who you called us to be. We want to touch from Jesus. Blessed is the one. You know, Jesus said to her, let me just look at the scripture again. He said, if I, she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Father, we pray that you'd increase our faith. But our faith, the size of a mustard seed, Lord, can move mountains. So help us, Lord, to have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, to move mountains in our lives and the lives of others. And it says in James 1, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. That's when you have to persevere, not in the good times. It's in the trial times. You need to persevere. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life to those that the Lord has promised, to those who love him. How many love the Lord? Amen. Billy Graham said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. You know, my heart's cry for all of us, for me, for all of us as a church, is that we always be hungry for a touch from Jesus. We come with expectation, anticipation, like we sing the songs. You know, we would come seeking God, touching God, that the altars would always be filled, not just when we need something, but just to touch Jesus, to want Jesus, to feel his touch, to feel his presence. Amen? Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our 11 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.